From Schwartz Media, I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. Right now in Western Australia, plans are underway to build Australia's largest new fossil fuel project. If built, Woodside's Scarborough gas plant would contribute significantly to global carbon dioxide emissions. But it also threatens the existence of some of the oldest and most significant rock art in the world. It's not the first time a mining company has threatened an Indigenous heritage site in WA. Just a few years ago, Rio Tinto blew up rock shelters at Jukun Gorge. Today, contributor to The Monthly, Jesse Noakes, on why the Scarborough Project is being called Jukun Gorge in slow motion. It's Monday, February 7. Jesse, could you start by telling me where you are right now and why it is that you're there? Yeah, so this morning I'm in Karatha, which is a small industrial town in WA's northwest, about two days' drive from Perth if you stop to sleep on the way. Karatha sits at the gateway to the Burrup Peninsula, which is this ancient, ancient landscape here in WA's Pilbara region. You've got these sort of soaring red rock ridges that run all the way through the peninsula. And there's this extraordinary and unique rock art right across the Burrup Peninsula. Some of the experts that I've spoken to for this story have told me that the rock art that's on the Burrup is possibly the oldest and probably the largest collection in the world. So the rock art itself has been here in some cases for more than 50,000 years. The art depicts animals, many of which have been extinct for, in some cases, tens of thousands of years, fat-tailed kangaroos and megathorna, extinct thylacines or Tasmanian tigers. And you've got this narrative arc that traces from the very ancient past through to much more recent developments like the arrival of Europeans. And it's clashing, it's coming into very close proximity with these huge gas plants and fertiliser plants that brush up right against these ancient stories that have been here in many cases for tens of thousands of years. Mm, Right, so you have what is potentially the oldest rock art in the world and it's in a a region that is really the centre of Australia's gas industry. So could you tell me a bit more about those mining projects in the area and how they might impact this rock art? Yeah, absolutely. The recent focus has been on the Scarborough gas project. The approval of the Scarborough gas field off Caratha in WA's north has been years in the making. Which is a big new development from Woodside Energy. Woodside and its partner BHP Petroleum have approved the development of one of the nation's largest gas projects off the WA coast. The project worth about $17 billion. They plan to take gas from the Scarborough gas field about 400 k's off the northwest coast of WA running an undersea pipeline and bringing it up on the Burrup to an existing processing plant called Pluto that they plan to more than double in size. Mm. Now, when they were first constructing the initial phase of Pluto, they actually had to move more than 90 rock art sites in the process. So the industry is literally right in the middle of this priceless, unique and ancient cultural heritage. Now, the rock art itself is extremely delicate. 
and it's very responsive and sensitive to atmospheric pressures. So when industrial emissions like carbon dioxide comes off the Scarborough plant and other fertiliser and gas plants in the region and lands on the rocks, it begins to erode that very thin, very fragile surface. But the impact from the new gas project is not just immediate here on the borough, it's one that impacts all of us potentially because the emissions impact from this project is vast. Mm -hmm. So it's not only this ancient rock art that could be eroded as a result of the Scarborough gas project, there's also the, the broader environmental considerations. So just how significant is the project's footprint and and what does that mean in context of, of trying to limit climate change? Yeah, well, I mean, it depends who you speak to, but there is a consensus this project will emit in the region of 1 billion tonnes of CO2 over the next 30 years. So Woodside themselves say that the gas currently in the Scarborough gas field will emit about 880 million tonnes, but there have been more recent reports from places like the Australia Institute and a research firm called Climate Analytics who suggest that actually once you take into account the total emissions, not just from the Scarborough field, but also from the expanded Pluto plant where they're going to be processing and distributing the gas once it reaches the borough, taking into account those emissions, the full global emissions once they reach overseas markets in Europe and Asia and the gas gets burnt could be in the region of 1.3 to 1.7 billion tonnes of CO2. Now, in the context of recent climate conferences like COP26 in Glasgow and earlier ones like Paris and Copenhagen and the agreements that were reached there, the focus has been on limiting warming to 1.5 degrees and the emissions impact of the Scarborough and Pluto project makes Australia's obligations under those protocols and international agreements a lot harder, some would say almost impossible. So international climate scientists think that Scarborough is certainly one of the most significant new fossil fuel projects, probably the largest fossil fuel project in Australia. Right, so this could be the largest new fossil fuel project in the country and the scale of those emissions, more than a billion tonnes of carbon over the project's lifetime, that would actually make the impact of the Scarborough project larger than the Adani coal mine in Queensland. So how does a project like this get approved, Jesse? Well, quite easily, it appears, in Western Australia at least. As you say, the recent reports from the Australia Institute suggest that the Scarborough and Pluto gas project is going to be significantly bigger than the Adani coal mine. And when you look at the attention that's garnered over the past few years, it's easy to see why this is actually quite a significant story. It's interesting that the same week that Woodside came out and made the announcement about Scarborough getting the green light, the WA Premier, Mark McGowan, in response to ongoing legal challenges in the Supreme Court to environmental approvals for that project, McGowan basically came out that week and said, if the Supreme Court decides this project can't go ahead, I will consider re-legislating to ensure safe passage for the Scarborough Gas Project and for Woodside. And I think that gives some indication of what some advocates refer to as state capture, whereby the closeness of the relationship between the resources industry in Western Australia and the WA government means that there is de facto green light given to these projects, which opponents of these projects find very difficult to compete with. I mean, even in this case, traditional owners 
who have jurisdiction over the burrup and over the rock art that's there when they've sought to raise their voices in opposition to the project, they've found the state government actually silences them. And the traditional owners find it very difficult to make their voices heard and have a say about what's happening on their country as well. We'll be back after this. The Every Moment Matters campaign provides accurate, evidence-based information and advice about alcohol, pregnancy and breastfeeding. It has been created by the Foundation for Alcohol Research and Education and endorsed and funded by the Australian Government. Alcohol use during pregnancy can lead to Fetal Alcohol Spectrum Disorder, or FASD, a lifelong disability. So make the moment you start trying the moment to stop drinking. Visit everymomentmatters.org.au to find out more. With award-winning news coverage and reviews, the Saturday paper is essential reading for everybody. For a limited time, subscribe to a year of our quality, independent journalism and you'll receive the Saturday paper's stainless steel coffee cup made in collaboration with Fresco for free. Subscribe from just $2.10 a week. Simply visit thesaturdaypaper.com.au forward slash offer. The Saturday Paper. No hot takes. Jesse, we're talking about the Scarborough gas plant in Western Australia. It seems that traditional owners are saying that their concerns about this project and their, their voices are not being heard. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, I think opinion in the local community on this project and others like it is very divided. So Karatha as a town is dependent on Woodside and Rio Tinto and BHP for most of the jobs within the local economy. But many of the traditional owners and local elders who I've been speaking to have been privately and in some cases publicly voicing significant concerns and as a result opposition to the Scarborough Gas Project going ahead. We don't want to negotiate Scarborough at all. We want them to cease the whole project because this project, by law, it's null and void. Like Raylene Cooper, who's actually a board member of Murujuga Aboriginal Corporation, which is the native title group comprised of five language groups who have jurisdiction over the borough. They've gone ahead and made these decisions without the members of the community. I think there's real and growing concern in the local community, especially among traditional owners, that the impacts of Scarborough and projects like it haven't been fully explained to them and they're increasingly seeking avenues for speaking out. That is our role as Mordora people. That's why we're here, to take care as guardians, to take care of the land. And the government won't even listen to us. They are actually disincluding us from this whole project. I think the legal action's one avenue, but we've also seen for the first time in many years that there's actually been protest action in the local community against these projects as well. Mm, Can you tell me more about that protest action? What does it look like? Well, the last week in November last year was a really busy one on the borough. So on the Monday, Woodside came out and made their final investment decision about Scarborough, giving it the green light. On Wednesday... Climate activists have blocked entry to Woodside's Pluto gas plant near Caratha by locking themselves in vehicles with concrete. Uh, This Scarborough gas project is the largest, filthiest fossil fuel project in the whole of Australia. Most significantly, the following Saturday, that weekend, there was a rally in the middle of Caratha, organised by the local community. No 
So the rally was a mix of traditional custodians and people from the community. It was organised by a couple of Matatunia women, Raylene Cooper and Josie Alec, who's a local healer and singer. I only just found out four weeks ago that this uh, agreement is going to be signed and it actually means the devastation and desecration of our creation story, which is uh, on the rock art. Another person who spoke at the rally was senior Nullama man, Patrick Churnside. When the light touches the land, we go. The country will show you. There was one moment while Patrick Churnside was speaking that was particularly illustrative of the tension that I think is becoming apparent in the community. He just switched from English to Nalama as part of his introduction when this high-powered ute, a few metres behind the stage, suddenly revved its engine and there was this extraordinary turbo whoosh as it accelerated past that felt very clearly directed. I think the sound of that ute revving past really captured the tension that was in the air that sleepy Saturday afternoon in Karatha between a number of significant local custodians who are concerned about what's happening on the Burrup and a local community who depend on it for their livelihoods. So I expect we'll see more rallies and possibly more interruptions in the months to come. Right. So, Jesse, it sounds like what we have is a mining company, Woodside, pushing to get its large-scale gas project up and running. We've got a state government that's clearly backing the project to the point where the Premier is hinting that he would try and overrule the courts to legislate to allow this. And that's despite all of these concerns that have been raised by the community and by traditional owners. But this is not an isolated case, is it? We've heard a lot, particularly in Western Australia, about mining companies acting with disregard to Indigenous sites. I mean, in the case of Rio Tinto, completely destroying the Jukin Caves, and that's despite the company knowing about their significance. That's right, and it's really interesting that you mentioned Jukin Gorge and Rio Tinto because I've actually heard several people refer to what's happening on Murujuga, what's happening to the Burrup rock art, as like Jukin Gorge in slow motion. And like with Jukin Gorge, once the damage is done, there's no undoing it. It's really crucially important that the people who know most about these projects and their impacts, the traditional custodians, are fully consulted, fully included, and actually get to make decisions about what happens on their country. I think what makes this story so relevant and so significant, not just for the local community, but for the entire country, is that the same pattern of behaviour and the same relationships we saw play out at Juk and Gorge between Rio Tinto and the local community are reflected here between Woodside and other industrial players and the traditional custodians who don't feel that they're being properly consulted, don't feel, from what they tell me, as though they have an opportunity to decide what happens on their own country. Our human rights states that we as Ngurra people have every right to salvage, resource and maintain, promote and preserve our Ngurra. And I think there are real concerns that we could see the same outcome, which is ultimately the destruction of 
priceless, unique and completely irreplaceable cultural heritage. And we need to start really thinking about our future and the future of our, of our children because at the end of the day, when we're all gone, they're the ones who we're going to leave a destructive world to. And that's important, not just for the local community, that's important for all of us, for the entire country. Um, and it's why I wanted to tell this story. Absolutely. Thank you, Jesse, for reporting on this and for talking to me about it today. Great pleasure. Thanks. The music at the end of today's episode is Josie Alec, one of the organisers of the Scarborough protests, singing the River Song in Yinjabandi. Mahler's music embodies the very essence of humanity. Experience his epic Song of the Earth with the Australian Chamber Orchestra, Richard Tognetti and internationally acclaimed opera stars Stuart Skelton and Catherine Carby. Opens May 12. Book now at aco.com.au. Also in the news today, senior government ministers have publicly defended Deputy Prime Minister Barnaby Joyce after leaked text messages showed that he called Scott Morrison a liar and a hypocrite. On Sunday, the Finance Minister, Simon Birmingham, said Joyce was in a dark place when he sent the messages, while Home Affairs Minister Karen Andrews said that circumstances are different now. And outgoing coach of the Australian men's cricket team, Justin Langer, is reportedly in the frame for the top gig in England. Langer resigned on the weekend after months of speculation about his future. But senior England cricket officials have confirmed that he is in the frame to take the chief coaching job for the English men's side. I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. See you tomorrow.